Fresh from the 2AACS Entertainment Kitchen, it's your favorite internet moms, Michelle and Jennifer, with your weekly helping of all apple pie and stuff. Produced on Zencaster. Welcome to All Apple Pie and Stuff. I am Michelle. I'm Jennifer. If this is your second helping, thank you so much for coming back and getting some more. If you're brand new, thank you for giving us a, a bit of your time today. Um, this is episode number two for us. It's called Best Laid Birth Plans. And we've got some interesting topics today. We're going to discuss the Madonna myth and some of those birth order like stereotypes that hang out there. So I was doing some research and there is a paper. It's like a compilation of some research people did about mom norms. What that means is norms that we as a society and we ourselves have accepted as markers of a good mother. And one, it says a lot, okay? And over the season, we'll talk about it. But right now we're talking about moms always have to be in control. And I mean, they mean in control of everything, like the finances, blah, blah, blah. But today we're talking about birth order and birth plans. So we're talking about that we should be in control of our bodies, that we should control how much weight we gain during pregnancy, how quick we lose it after pregnancy, what happens during the pregnancy, what kind of moms we're going to be once those little pea pods come. But anyway, there's a lot in the research paper. We will reference it on our page on our website. But I did the research so you don't have to. I think birth plans... We didn't have them when I had babies, but maybe we did. I don't know. I didn't. My plan was, please get this baby out. (laughs) But I have been reading about birth plans. And did you have a birth plan, Michelle? I did not. But to be fair, my first one came out in four hours on roller skates. So they kept telling me that the very first birth is always the longest and the hardest one. That was not my case. Like we went so quickly, we got to bypass pain medication, which I highly was not a fan of. And trust me, that never happened again. But there was no plan behind it. (laughs) I didn't have pain medication because I didn't want it. And then when I had my first one, no big deal. Again, fast, fast labor and delivery on that one. But when I had the second one, By the time I realized I needed painkillers, they told me my window of opportunity had shut. I didn't know there was a window. I wish someone would have told me about the window. (laughs) It came and went very quickly for me, too. The second one didn't go anywhere according to the plan either. Thing B, that one was a, a, we went ahead and assumed that we were going to do the same thing. We got this in the bag. We've already been through this, right? No problem. I figured I had like this image in my mind that by the time we came home, it'd be this perfect Dressed family, just one night over in the hospital, we'd be great, everything would be happy. Da, 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 da. So it turns out, did you know each kid is like got their own personality? <laughs> so each pregnant is completely different. Each pregnancy is, and that hit me really hard with thing B. I was preclemptic the first time with my first one. So like I was in and out of the hospital, but it wasn't too bad. Like you just go in, you know, they give you the IV, they send you home. But with uh, thing B, it was like massively, like I was admitted for days at a time. So we hit to the point where I was like blacking out, couldn't drive, things like that. And they said, well, we're going to have to go ahead and induce labor. So they started, you know, trying to induce it. And after about hmm, 24 hours and like a contraction an hour, 
And in ultrasound, we discovered that my little Spitfire was not only breached, but had the cord wrapped around his neck, which was fantastic. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> so my doctor never skipped the beat. She's like, ah, yeah, no. So instead of doing it that way, we're not going to pop your water. We're going to go ahead. We're going to take you back to an emergency C-section. And they were great. They were trying to put as much humor into it as possible because I'm not going to lie to you. I did not read the second half of that what to expect when you're expecting because there was no reason to. My first one was fine. Why isn't this one going to be fine? So they, they're like, no, nope, perfect, great, no problem. We'll have that kid out before the soap opera start airing at noon. That was her goal. So off we go. And uh, turns out they forgot my husband, which was fantastic. Uh, so that was picture perfect, let me tell you. But when they finally got him back in there, you know, we had the baby. He was fine. He was great. Everything was wonderful. But none of that, none of that went the way that I, whatsoever, like at all. My overnight stay ended up being like a, a week long endeavor. And my husband spelled his name wrong on the birth certificate. And that's a whole nother argument for a whole nother podcast because how do you spell your kid's name? Wrong? Uh, but he did. So you just got to kind of learn that adjust on, on, on the fly, flip the script. So when my doctors didn't overreact and didn't panic, she's like, you're going to have to learn as you have your kid. It's never going to be something you can find out. And that's probably the best advice you could give me. Despite the fact that I'm all controlling in every avenue, like I'm super controlling when it comes to, you know, what we're going to eat and, and how they're dressing and things like that. But you have to learn to be ready to flip the script because it, it just doesn't go. It just really doesn't. Yeah, C-sections are rough. And let's talk a little bit about that. Didn't we had a situation? I know that. Um, my daughter has experienced a thing where people said that she's not, she didn't really give birth if she had a C-section. Have you heard that? I saw that on my niece's uh, Facebook wall. She said that there was this big thing, but I'm going to tell you, having two C-sections and one vaginal delivery, those C-sections were the worst recoveries that I had. I, I left the hospital with the first one in the same clothes I went in with. The second one, forget it. The third one, at least I knew what to expect. I don't understand how people say that. You're going through major abdominal surgery. You get absolutely no heal time. And they send you home with this little thing that will not sleep like at all. And you have to get up and take care of them. Like you're up walking. They had me walk to the NICU or try to walk to the NICU within a couple hours of having the surgery. Yeah. And so when PA had A, she was, she was early. It was an emergency C-section. Uh, there was a lot of complications she flatlined, so that was scary, and I was with her when that happened, and it, it, it was hard, and she couldn't get up and walk for a couple of days. Uh, luckily, she had me. There's, we used to joke because the father's not in the picture, and she was sad about it when she was pregnant, of course, so anytime something would happen, I'd say, this is another reason it's better to have your mom and not a man. Well, that ended up being a good thing because she could not have taken care of Peapod by herself. She she couldn't even pick her up. She has health problems too. So, and she, so I mean, I helped her with all of that, and and I'm so glad I was there for her because I don't know how she would have done it. It it was major, major, major. She absolutely gave birth. I was there. I saw them pull the baby out. <laughs> even get the logic behind that you had a c-section so you didn't give birth like, what is that i don't understand i don't it. know 
I'm tired of people judging everybody. And, and I think it's a good, a good place to give a shout out to those adoptive parents and step parents too. No, you didn't give birth, but you are absolutely a real mother, especially, do you know any good step parents? Cause I know some great step parents. I have a fantastic stepdad of my own who yeah. came in much later in my life, but he's fantastic. I know that I know that a lot of the parents that I deal with, well, I mean, and that's a flip on that too, because like the dads didn't give birth, so are they not real dads? Right. And I I um I know some really I don't think I could be a step parent. So I didn't get together with somebody who had children. Um, I, I just don't think I could. So it takes a very special person to step in, you know, and they weren't there the entire time and love that child. My husband was a step parent and now an adoptive parent of PA, and he's fantastic. And he is every bit her real dad. I was just about to say, you were saying a story uh, the other day, because like somebody, you know, adoptive parents, anytime you bring home a baby and your whole life changes, the entire energy in your home, and there's a whole new order to do things. But just because you adopted or you had a surrogate and you weren't the one who delivered, doesn't mean you're not a parent either. You're still going through all the same emotional things that the people that birthed them are. I mean, no offense, and I'm not trying to knock him because God bless him. My husband doesn't get enough credit for the things he does. Like, I give him a hard time half the time. But in these go situations, like, he grabs my hand and we go and we do it together. But at the end of the day, he was not the one on the table having the C-section or the vaginal delivery. But he went through the same exact up and down emotionals that I did having the kids. So sitting there and saying that if you adopted or or you had a surrogate, it doesn't you're not a true parent because you, you shouldn't be tired of it. You shouldn't need a break. You shouldn't have to have a nap is completely bonkers. And then the good news for adoptive mothers, we we don't all of a sudden be impart the wisdom of mothers just because we gave birth to the child. So you're you got as much shot as us being a good mom. So the yeah, yeah, the crowning moment just didn't come, you know. So it's fine. You're you're doing a good job too and we support you. And um and God bless you if you adopted children because that that is amazing because kids needs good homes. And then there's the people who struggled with infertility, and then they finally have a baby, right? And my daughter LA, her and her husband struggled with that for years before they had little H, and she used to get a little upset, and she never voiced it on social media because you know she knew she was just being bitter. But when moms would complain that they needed a break or they would complain about the pregnancy, well, you know, the stuff you complain about when you're pregnant or a new mom and you're tired. And she would be like, all I want is a baby. And, you know, I, I hate listening to these people say this stuff. Well, now she's a mom of little age and he's teething. And she's like, oh, my God, I just don't even want to be a mom today. <laughs> you know, and there's this guilt, I guess, that comes along with, well, you know, I wanted this baby so bad. How could I ever have a thought like that? Well, you know what? We have bad thoughts sometimes, you know? It doesn't mean you're a bad mom. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't even mean that you mean it. It just means you're tired and you really just want this baby to stop crying right now or go to sleep. Go to sleep, baby. Yeah, I don't think the parental instincts kick in once you deliver the child. I think that that's a personal thing. I think that's how you respond to somebody you love. Absolutely. That's and so, you know, 
that I did some research on birth plans. Yeah, so I didn't I have to. That, yeah, I sent it over to you. You didn't read it, did you? I did not read it. <laughs> okay. So here's a couple of things. I Like I said, I didn't really have a birth plan, but it wasn't such a thing. But birth plans, I think they're a good idea. So that it's a talking point. You know, you go to the doctor, you talk to the doctor about what you want, what you expect, and those kinds of things. And I think it opens up communication. And I think if you have a good doctor, they would agree. That doesn't mean everything's going to go according to plan because you can't plan for everything. And again, there's emergencies where these things just don't go to pl- according to plan. However, there was some doctors that commented on what they really think about birth plans. Birth plans can be detrimental to our relationship. Did you know they said that? I had no idea. It it undermines my experience and expertise. I I didn't know they had more experience and expertise over my body. Did you? Uh, (laughs) I'm so sorry. It causes people to be Dr. Google. Well, we're going to do an episode on the medical profession and women and moms, okay? So we're not going to hash that out here, but I just want to say this. If you were doing your job and you listened to your patient and there weren't so many doctors out there that weren't um, really worth anything, we wouldn't have to be Dr. Google. We'd trust you, okay? So there's that. I'm going to say, I always say I get my PhD from Google. With that being stated, I had a fantastic birth team for uh, Thing B. And that's really what made that, I mean, it was already scary. I already had anxiety going into it when we flipped it on on its side like that. Had a great medical team. They forgot Bo in the waiting room, but that's okay. They went back. They got him before we had the surgery. But I had a terrible one with thing A to the point where they would not, I mean, besides the fact that I went in four hours from start to finish that quickly, because I was 19 when I had him, they didn't want to give me birth, um, they didn't want to give me pain control. Because I was an underage young teenage mom and needed to understand the pain of what I did. Terrible team. Very terrible team. Terrible experience all the way around. I had such a great one with the last two. But the first one, like there was already enough going on in my life at the time. But to have such animosity thrown at you from the team that's supposed to be taking care of you and your baby and putting you first really threw me for a loop. Yeah, that'll instill trust right there. Yeah, there's really no trust trauma that. there. <laughs> That's like a bad boyfriend. This is like oh your medical God. team was an abusive boyfriend. What it was heck? terrible. You should have thought about what you... Is there a point to this conversation? My legs are open and I'm trying to pass a watermelon right now. I'm not even kidding. Not even in the IV. She's like, you can have Tylenol when we're done. Oh, Tylenol. Wow. Thanks for bringing out the A-team. <laughs> Right. So I think the best thing, the best birth plan is to make sure that you have a good medical team that you can trust. I think that's what we're trying to say, don't you? Absolutely. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, that'll make the difference. And make sure you have good support there, you know, uh, whether it be your husband. If you need your mom there, I'm going to tell you this. I don't know that I want to attend another birth. It was a little traumatic. It was more traumatic than the births that I did. But I'm glad I was there for her <laughs> because it made her feel better. Um, oh, yeah. it, it was uh, it was an experience for both of us and um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So if you want your mom there, you know, I don't know if she's game. But, um, 
No, Clutch Mom would not have been Clutch in that moment, but she did get my husband in there. He was still my boyfriend, and they didn't want him in the delivery room. That's a whole nother therapy session. <laughs> well, but thank God for Judy getting him in there, right? Because now you have that. He was there. Because could you imagine that? You would have never lived that down. Like, oh, I wasn't even there. No, and honestly, it was the best thing for us because it's not just one person. Yeah, you're the one delivering the baby. I get that. But it's it's both of you. And you, what, regardless of how or whatever happens with you, you have to raise this child together one way or another. So for us, we ended up getting married and, and having a big, well, a rambunctious family. That's probably a better thing. But I wouldn't have wanted him to miss out on that. And did you know that maternity photos are a thing now? Yeah, I did. Did you do maternity photos? No, I was fat. I was super fat, but (laughs) (laughs) I was super fat. Uh, No, it wasn't a thing for us. They're pretty cool. My daughter did some maternity photos were absolutely beautiful of L.A. Her friend came out for her baby shower, which we had the baby shower super late because I wanted her friend to be able to come out and I wanted her to be super pregnant for the maternity photos. (laughs) I know. It's a mom thing, whatever. (laughs) But the virginal, the virginal maternity photos, how like they all look like the Madonna thing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we all know how she got pregnant, right? (laughs) She shouldn't be wearing white today. (laughs) Well, my daughter didn't. She wore red because, you know, she knows how the baby got in there. But... But yeah, that's a thing. Like after you have a baby, people expect you to be virginal. What? I'm just sitting there remembering what I look like through my three pregnancies. And even to look back at the baby shower photos, I don't want to relive that period again. It was not good. There was bloating going on. There was heavy sweating. There was multiple chins. It was not an experience I won't play out in photos. So the only maternity photo I have, I was like eating a pizza. I was eating a piece of pizza. I was naked and I was, cause I was getting dressed and yeah, I was eating pizza while I was getting dressed. I was hungry. And I know I'm the workout Nazi now, but I was pregnant then and I was hungry. So I was like bending over, like I was sitting on the bed, like kind of bent forward. So my belly like blocked everything. And my husband takes a picture. Like now you want to take, he has taken like six or seven pictures with pizza hanging out of my mouth. So apparently he thinks that's beautiful. I don't know. That is a maternity. Yeah. We don't, share that photo with other people if he has I, I hope he's not sharing that photo with other people i don't know i hope not if he is i don't want to know there's like a whole sex pizza website out there somewhere oh my god i have a fans only and i didn't know it which i just found out about fans only have you heard of that yeah except they call it only fans it's only fans <laughs> I told you I'm old. I don't know. The, somebody was telling me about it at work. I'm like, what? What are people doing? Like, I guess a, mo- a lot of moms are supporting their families that way. So, you know, kudos, ladies. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever you do, you do. Yeah, you got to support them. Absolutely. I'm not judging because we don't judge here. I, I'm not. There was- My pizza photo better not be on there, though. That's all I got to say. <laughs> if someone does a Google search and finds it, please let me know. don't let me know please i don't want to know oh i I do want to cut of the money though okay i want that there is some lady that like provides for her family i I saw the article somewhere where she buys like victoria's secret underwear wears them for the day and mails them out they pay shipping the underwear and you know 
She's she, care putting in she, Fantastic. She sends out dirty underwear? Yeah. It's a thing. All right. I mean, it reminds me of like, I went to see Whitesnake. I don't know. Maybe you guys don't know who that is, but I went to see them a long time ago and um, some girl threw her panties on stage and he like sniffed them. I was like, dude, you don't even know who she is. Like, what are you doing? I know that was totally off the subject, but dirty underwear. Expensive dirty underwear too. I mean, my and same thing with the bras. The good bras when they throw them up there. Wait, is David Coverdale still alive? I have no idea. Because maybe he's the one buying the panties. I don't know. All right, and that brings us to the 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 Madonna effect, right? That you're going to have this baby, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're just going to know what to do. I did not know what to do. I mean, I think we mentioned before, I'm not really a kid person. I mean, I kind of am now because, you know, they're all over all the time. I'm going to be raising kids till I die. But (laughs) at the time, I really wasn't. And I babysat a lot of kids. But, man, they must have had nobody else to babysit. A five-year-old taught me how to diaper a kid because I was watching him and his little brother. And I was trying to put a diaper on him. And he's like, you're not doing it right. And I was like, you want to show me? And he's like, yeah. So, yeah, five-year-old was better at it. So now I'm responsible for this person. I don't know what to do. I didn't feel good. I didn't know why I didn't feel good. And, and I, I didn't feel like a mom. Like I didn't feel like I had an automatic connection. On our walk What's back next? in from left field, we're going to discuss the uh, postpartum depression portion of it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's real. I remember when I came home with PA, my first one, and uh, I didn't know I was hemorrhaging. So I didn't feel good and I didn't know why. And I didn't know it wasn't normal because I didn't know anything. First baby. And I just didn't know. And that's another thing with the birth plans and people with Dr. Google. At least you guys have research now and you can know what's normal. Like you can kind of look that stuff up. I really didn't have resources and I didn't know. So I kept like passing out, just walking across the house to get a bottle. And I didn't know why. I didn't know I should go to my doctor, whatever. So I'm sitting there with this little baby. She's beautiful and I love her. But I was thinking, oh my gosh, I have to keep this baby alive. I don't know what to do. Freaked me out. I was pretty upset about the whole thing. Just know those nor- those are normal feelings, I think. It's pretty, like the whole levity of the situation hits you at one point, especially with your first baby. Just know oh, yeah. it, it'll be okay. You're not going to starve your baby. You'll You'll remember to feed your baby. They'll cry. Same thing with the diapers, too. I think I was so shell-shocked with thing A. Bo had gone to a job interview because, you know, we were 19 and just had a baby. So you need a job. My mom had gone home for the day. And then I'm sitting there in the hospital bed, right, by myself, finally alone for the first time. And they had him in, like, the little bucket thingy, whatever that's called, the bassinet bucket. And the nurse came in a few (laughs) hours later. She's like, did you suck your baby in a bucket? (laughs) He's in a bucket off the edge of the bed. She's like, did you, cha- did you get a diaper change in? And I just looked at her because I had absolutely no idea what to do. And I was going through a mild panic attack as I was laying there alone and it finally all sunk in. It was terrible. <laughs> so no, I didn't have that. But I kind of think, do you I don't know, what do you think? What I- they said to you in the hospital? Because that makes me mad. I, Michelle and I have been friends for 15 years and she, we were talking about the show and she just told me the other day that they that you didn't deserve painkillers. 
Oh, yeah. I was an unwed teenage mother, so I did not deserve pain medication because I had to feel my mistake, which is a whole bunch of crap. I'll tell you what. I wish I was friends with her at the time because I would have kicked that nurse out. I think Judy did, didn't she? She did. Clutch mom, I'm telling you. She, yeah, she was not about it because she said, and like they were trying to kick my husband, well, he was the boyfriend at the time, trying to kick the no good boyfriend out the room. (laughs) And she fought that one too. She she did. She's like, there's no way he got her in this position. I'm not going to be the one standing here when he's here and he's trying to take responsibility for it. Oh yeah, no, that was a that was a nice. You know what else you can control? Who your support people are. That's important. One hundred. One hundred percent. You need that. Yeah, and so. I was going to say, I don't think there was. I can't even tell you the moment of clarity I had about. Other than knowing I loved him and I loved him immensely, I didn't know what to do with him. That was the problem. I had no clue what to do with him. And I kind of think, and I mean, you tell me if you feel the same way or not. Like, you know, how when you read romance books, I know you're not a big romance reader. I am. And like, they talk about the <laughs> orgasm in the moment. And it's like this earth shattering thing. Like, you don't get that. It's the same way with, with motherhood and, and, and that maternal feeling. The second the head crowns, it's not like all of a sudden you're like, oh. That's what it is. All these generations of knowledge are passed down upon me now. It's not like that. It's it's a different trip for everybody on that train. Well, and I think that we're under such pressure to be these perfect moms. And we want the outside world to not judge us, which is the point of the show, because there's so much mom judging that people, they, they get on social media and stuff and they're like, hey, we had this magic moment. And so people who feel like how probably most people feel, especially with a first baby, never voice it. And you feel so alone, like you're the only one. You are not. In fact, I was really concerned that I wasn't maternal. And I'm pretty maternal now, but I I didn't feel that connection, right? So, and I've told Michelle this story. I, I was walking down the stairs with my baby and I told you I was hemorrhaging pretty much to death and didn't know it. So I wasn't very stable. And uh, they were very steep stairs down to a basement that had a cement floor. And I fell. And it was, there were a lot of stairs. And I didn't think about it, obviously, because, you know, you fall, it's quick. But I grabbed my baby and I turned myself. So I landed right on my back. Baby was fine. She's just looking at me like, hey, mom, you know, I was extremely hurt, wasn't sure if I broke anything or not. And I was never happier because I realized, oh my God, I instinctually protected my baby. I guess I have maternal instincts. So um, if you don't feel maternal, it's okay. It'll come. When you need to be, you will be. All right. Since the one thing we did learn was that we cannot control how we have them. The other thing we learned as parents trial and error is we can't exactly control how they behave with one another after we have them. There was 10 years, 10 years between thing A and thing C. And he, thing A could do diapers, bottles, select an outfit, do a change and give a back. He was fantastic. He was the best like mom's helper I ever had. He absolutely was. Cause when I babysat them that one time, he diapered the thing C. I did not. I'm sorry, Michelle. I didn't expect you to. They also didn't lock me out of the house. That was good, too. Uh, they thought about it. I warned them they better not. I'd break the window. I think they believed you. 
which is probably a good thing because you would have. <laughs> no, yeah, he was. He's he's very much. He was like a little daddy. He was great. No, he really was. Being- P.A. was not. She she did not want a sibling. She was very upset about me having another baby. And then when she found out it was a girl because she was with me when I had the ultrasound, she's like, but I'm a girl. We don't need another girl. I'm sorry. No. I was like, well, that's a no return policy. I mean, that's we're having this child. It's a girl. She did. They finally started liking each other. Like what? Like two years ago? <laughs> I yep. think. I remember thing B was so excited to have a brother. That the first time that my back was turned, he took the baby outside, put him in the little stroller and stood on the corner trying to give him away to a good home, like a puppy. (laughs) That was a rescue mission. What are you doing? I'm just playing with him, mom. Oh, my goodness. No, I never left PA alone with LA because I really wasn't sure how jealous, like how deep that jealousy ran. Yeah. Uh, She had moments where she liked her. And and this kind of goes with that whole uh, birth order thing, right? So I, when they started getting older, I wanted some some me time. So I would tell PA to take her little sister with her. And she would be like, Mommy, mm-hmm. don't make me take her with. Like, everybody, they, they won't let me come play because she's bad. And my little sweet angel, and she really was a sweet angel for me. I was like... I, what are you talking, like, I just thought she was being a jerk. And then one day I went outside to go get them and I hear my little angel screaming like a lunatic and being a horrible person. And I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder her sister doesn't like her. I forced her on her (laughs) and nobody wanted to play with her when she had her little sister with. So I had to keep, I had to keep LA at home with me after that. So PA could, you know, have friends. What's, (laughs) what's the age gap between them? About three and a half years. That's not too bad. It's you would be surprised. They just really weren't close. It, it was uh, they had only been in school together for one year, so they were always in different schools, except for the one year in um, grade school. So I mean, it was far enough apart that it's like almost different worlds. Yeah, and, and PA just was not interested in entertaining her little sister at all. Really? Not at all? No. Now, the the little one, she always wanted P.A. to like her. So one time, P.A. got in trouble and she was sent to her room. And L.A. kept getting M&Ms from her dad because my husband used to like always have candy. And she was sneaking some to sneak in there for her big sister, which was really sweet. Her sister would not have done the same for her. No way. She would have been like, look, I've got candy. <laughs> what do you not have? <laughs> yeah, I got a phone call from a teacher once. She was a young teacher telling me that she needed to have a meeting with me. I needed to come into the school. I'm like, what for? Well, L.A., the little one, she, I don't even remember how old she was, but like in grade school. When she went to the bathroom, she was like hanging on the bathroom stalls and acting crazy and stuff. So she can't have a bathroom buddy anymore. And I was like, okay, so then you handled the situation, right? So why do I have to have a meeting? Well, also, she's very upset because her sister doesn't like her and this and that. And I'm like, right, because her sister's a jerk. Like, that's pretty normal, you know? 
And she's like, no, I think we have to have a meeting about it. And I know that some of you are thinking I'm a bad parent, but give me a break. Like, I'm not coming in to have a meeting because my kid's a jerk. Like, I know she's a jerk. So I was like, you know, it's pretty normal for them to act like that. I don't think we need a meeting about that. And she just kept insisting. And I said, I, I, so you don't have kids? 23 children. Like, do you have any that did the luge out of you? Because I, 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 don't, I don't get parental vibe from you. <laughs> No, she did not have children of her own. And I got a phone call from the principal who I knew well. And she said, Mrs. P, I'm very sorry. She's a really young teacher. I told her that you wouldn't possibly come in for a meeting about something so silly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you can't make them like each other. You just can't. You know, they either do or they don't. All you can do is run interference, I think. Don't you? I have had conversations with parents at the bus store when I used to drive the school bus where their siblings couldn't because I used to assign them by their stop when they were really really bad so until they behaved for a certain period of time that was where they were stuck and the mom came up she's like you can't set them together they they will go insane absolutely crazy and I didn't think it was as bad but no they got into a fist fight it was two girls they got into a fist fight on the way to school so that stopped really quickly I just started separating them my kids will fight together, but like it's over. Like this, as long as somebody draws first blood, then it's over, and then they're they're playing video games like two minutes later. See, now, like my, I have a brother, and he's just just shy of two years older than me, and we actually we fought terribly I, all the time. I mean, he threw my bed out the window. That was a whole story sprayed sparkle window cleaner in his eyes and stuff. I mean, we were bad, but my parents weren't around a lot. They worked. So yeah, my kids always had parental supervision after that mess. But uh, we were close though. Like we could, we could fight amongst ourselves, but if somebody else messed with one of us, we were right there. Like, you're not messing with my brother. You're not messing with my sister. Not my kids. They, they, they just, no, no, they were just not close. They are now. They're close now. And I'm glad because I was worried. I was like, my on Christmas is going to be a fight every year. But no, it's pretty oh. good now. <laughs> they grew into it. No, my kids, I always say I raise them with like a pack mentality. So they have each other's backs when they need that. They'll, they'll pick on each other to like some umpteenth degree. Like if they know there's a weak spot in the other and they can smell it or see it, forget it. Like they're, they're toast. They're going to rip them apart to shreds. But somebody else picks on the same exact thing, and it's like they roll together like a little clan of three, and and mm -mm, no. It's against yeah, all my of kids them. were. I, I don't know if it's a boy girl thing because I mean I don't have a sister; I just have a brother. So I don't know. Dude, I'm but, an yeah, only child. Girls, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know either. I just know the girls like. PA was just really, really jealous. And then LA, you know, with PA getting so sick when she was little, there was a lot of attention on her. And I think LA just always tried to stay out of the way and, and, you know, not be a problem. So I think she got overlooked a lot, you know, when she was little, which sucks, but P and then, you know, PA, she requires a lot of attention. Not so much anymore. Like she's her own woman now. She's almost 30, but as children. And I think a lot of that was just her getting sick, you know, because she had so much attention because she was sick, you know? We have middle child syndrome and thing B to the umpteenth degree. Like 
he's the least loved. He's the least cared for. Nobody wants to know about him. He has it harder than anybody, which is so not true. He probably is, out of all my kids, the one that takes up the most of my time in general. Got called into school. Yeah, well, PA does um, say that LA is my favorite child. In fact, I hung out all day with PA yesterday with her and her daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a great day and everything. But she's like, oh, you're not going to call your favorite daughter? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how to. She, yeah, of all the spices in the cabinet, she always chooses salt. But I love we her. We have saltiness going. We, since our kids are spaced out a certain way and they're all wrestlers, the oldest one thing, A, was wrestling, but I didn't get to make, I think he made one, maybe two of his things because I was always at the high school level with thing B. So now thing B is in college and wrestling and I'm at the high school level with thing C and he's throwing a fit because I don't love him because I don't go out there and I don't see it, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, that's not how that works. I spent four years with you, Matt side, but he just won't. Everything is always so much more traumatic, so much more traumatic. If it's not the oldest, it's the baby. Yeah. So that always being in control thing, your kids just kind of prevent that. It turns out they're their own people. (laughs) So you can try to control things, but you you just can't control everything. I don't think. I know that we think that's a sign of a good mom, but I, I, I haven't met a mom that can control everything. Have you? No. Lord knows I tried. With the birth plans. Yeah, I'm back at birth plans. Not really birth plans. Remember I said that in control, mom, you have to control how much weight you gain when you're pregnant and how fast you lose it. Yeah. It is not a secret that I am all about health. But when I was pregnant, I got really fat and I didn't care. I ate those donuts because I wanted the donuts and I was hungry. Okay. And I don't think that's the time to worry about it unless you have a health problem or something. And then after the baby, and I'm not saying just maybe that wasn't the best thing that I did with PA. I really ate poorly. I did gain a bunch of weight with LA too, not as much, but I was eating better quality food. I was eating a lot of it, but better quality, which I would more recommend being the health conscious person that I am now, just just for your health, you know, better nutrition and all of that. But don't worry about how much weight you gain. And don't worry about how fast you lose it. And I will never tell somebody, start working out after you have a baby. You're tired. You're, you're trying to take care of a baby, all of that. And I know it's upsetting when you have this body that you're not used to. It'll be okay. There's plenty of time to worry about it. You have your whole life. So I'm giving you permission to just not worry about that at that time. I, I was huge. I'm not anymore. You're not going to always carry the baby weight. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And I don't think men care that much. Do you? So true story. After I gained a ton of weight with thing B and I was heavy when I got pregnant with thing C. And then after that, I still like, I wasn't happy with myself, period. And Bo goes, honey, you just had a baby. You're fine. Take your time, make sure that, you know, you're in a good spot and then you can lose the weight. The baby was two. It was no longer, I just had a baby, but no, they don't care. <laughs> I don't, th- they don't I care. think if you're the, I think if you're the only naked woman in the room, you're their type. So it's fine. They don't, they don't really care. I mean, and I think that what's sexy, you know, we talked about sexy mom in the last episode. It's not so much how you look, it's your attitude. 
Yeah. I mean, because well, I was huge after I had PA, like huge. And I was like, still look good. <laughs> and so um, good I me. did end up, yeah, and I, and I ended up getting divorced. I was, you know, uh, Michelle knows this. My first marriage was abusive. It was bad. And I had my little girl and I decided that, uh, no, I don't want... I don't want my daughter thinking that's normal. So I got myself together and I got out. And trust me, I I didn't lack a date when I left. So it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Just be confident in yourself and don't wait until you lose that baby weight to buy yourself an outfit that you feel good in. You're good enough just the way you are. And you deserve, like you just housed and gave birth to an entire human being. You deserve a new outfit that makes you feel good about yourself. You know, yeah. don't wait until you lose the weight. You know what? It, if you lose the weight and that outfit doesn't fit anymore, so what? You looked good when you wore it. So I just take care of yourself and quit being so hard on yourself. It's going to be fine. You have your whole life to worry about weight after a baby is born is not the time. And speaking no. of abusive husbands, and we talked a little bit about postpartum blues, I did call somebody from a crisis line when PA, I don't know, she was probably like three months old, but I was in this bad marriage. I was very depressed. I didn't feel like I was the greatest mom and all of that. And the lady on the other end, she said a lot of things I needed to hear and she helped me a lot. So if you need help, there are crisis lines and even 911 if you need to call that. It was helpful for me and it was a journey moving on with my life, but I did. And she was really the start of it. Like the best thing I did was call that number that day, I think. I think when we were talking about planning the show too, you had made a comment that there's a line for dads too for postpartum depression, which yeah, I we'll didn't know Yeah, we'll put that up about. on the website. Um, I think it's a line that is for women, but I think that they can get men in touch with somebody to talk to because that's a huge judgment for dads too. So. Oh, yeah. It's Postpartum Support International, and we'll put that up on the website because I think... You know, it, it's important to have somebody to talk to. And hopefully everybody has like a friend, like I have Michelle now. Then I didn't have Michelle, so I've called the crisis line. But, or if you if you have your mom that you can talk to, not everybody can talk to their mom about these things. But sometimes we think things that aren't good, you know, or that make you feel bad about yourself or make you feel like you're being a bad mom. And they're not necessarily unnormal to have these thoughts like, oh, I'm not a good mom or, oh, I wish... I hadn't become a mom because, you know, that day was overwhelming and you've had no sleep. I mean, these things happen. Dang, I forgot my sweatshirt at school. Ooh, ooh, wait a minute. I got you. I got you. Is that an all apple pie and stuff, buddy? Yeah, I literally just got it today. Oh, joy. Hey, if you don't like that one, I have the Michelle one. Ooh, I've got the Jennifer one, too. If you want your own hoodie from All Apple Pie and Stuff merch store, just go to their website at www.allapplepieandstuff.com. All right, from the streams of TikTok, there's this thing, and I saw it on the Today Show, and then I bounced back in the TikTok because I found it so funny. Because I had three kids and because they did all the different sports all the time, we are constantly running off of what is now known as mom math. At Chaos with Kara did an awesome video. Basically, she's got the youngsters, so she's still on the baby feeding and things like that. But essentially, like, 
if you have to be at a certain destination by seven and you know it takes 20 minutes to get there, so now you're already pushed back to 640, it's going to take 10 minutes to get their shoes on. So then that's 630. And then you just keep counting backwards your entire day to make sure you're everywhere where you need to be at the right time. I did this eons before TikTok. Like this is how I raised three children. This is how I still raise three children. Despite the fact that things he wants to like wake himself up and be self-responsible out of, you know, all of my children. <laughs> but that's mom math. It, it's you just count backwards so that you don't miss things and that you are prepared. All right, boys and girls, that'll be about everything that we have today. We hope you enjoyed your break with us. We had a good time discussing the controlling need of mothers. With that being stated, we did take a moment and discover that David Coverdale is alive and well and doing whatever it is he so chooses to do with his free time. We are going to ask you to go ahead and whatever way you choose to get your podcast delivered. Keep an eye out for episode number three, Let Them Eat Pie. You can kind of guess what that's all about. Have a great day, everyone. This has been All Apple Pie and Stuff. Please visit www.allapplepieandstuff.com for exclusive content, to check out the platforms we're on, and to visit our merch store. Go to our Contact Us page to drop us an email. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, and suggestions. But just know, if you shame us on there, we'll shame you on air. <laughs>